And the like, what I would say to the people who really care about stuff, who are like, no, I want this this way. I want this to look this way. I got to have all Milwaukee drain cleaning tools so they all match. I would say like someday you're not going to care about that. Hey, Jared Williams, what's going on? <laughs> what's up, dude? You like that intro? I just thought yeah, of that. Good. Yeah, thanks. I love it. Yeah, it's cool. Extra noises in there. How's your day going? Dude, pretty good. Pretty good. Oh, we hey. Got um, our first uh, set of um, coaching calls today. Oh, yeah. Yep. How'd that go? I mean, I was there, but what'd you think? Yeah, I think it went really, really well. Hopefully, mm -hmm. uh, provided lots of value to those guys. Mm -hmm. Get them rock and roll in their plumbing business. Should be cool. Yeah. What is, something, cool. what is something about the plumbing business that strikes you? I, I don't know. Let's see how to phrase this. Like, what's like the easiest part of the plumbing? We always talk about what's really hard. Is there anything that's like easy or like something that when you grasp it, you're like, oh, dude, Psst. Like, is there something like that? Uh, you know, it's all new to you at that time. So like, mm. but now I look back on it and I'm like, oh, this is just, <laughs> it's easy, right? <laughs> like, I feel like I could go start up a plumbing business anywhere and it's just a matter of, okay, I got to get this in place, this in place, this in place, mm. this in place, mm. this in place, this in place. Mm. And we're off to the races, right? Yeah, gotcha. Like once you understand it, it's, it's really not that complicated. It's just- yeah knowing what the different things are that you need to do and the different things you need to put in place and mm -hmm. then the correct order to put those in place. Mm. Right. That's probably yep. the biggest one. Like, yep. You can get all this free information all over the internet and you can try and piecemeal it all together. And I see this all the time, mm -hmm. but they're like, you're going to miss stuff. And so the beauty of having like a course and a coach is you then you then you know like okay i need to do this and then this and then this right right and then this and then this and then all of a sudden i have this plumbing business that runs and makes a bunch of money right yes yeah yeah the order because i get a lot of questions on like plump social sales calls and stuff about what should i do when and what should i do this and that's so key because some guys come and they're like i have money like what, what should i do with it yeah. And that's when the coach can look at that person's like, I can't answer that question. Yeah. Um, but a coach could, cause the coach could be like, okay, so what are you doing? You're at this point. Oh, this is the next step for you to take. Yeah. And this is why you would take it. And it leads right into this step because exactly. if you mess up the order, I think that's when you start to backtrack and then causes you lots of headaches. Yeah. Lots of headaches. Yeah. Uh, like, like for example, a, yes, please. I'll give you an example today on a coaching call had a guy he's got three people out billing one guy almost ready to start billing and he asked me when should i hire somebody to answer my phones my answer was yesterday <laughs> right <laughs> yeah. because like i think if you're one truck chuck and you're busy the first person you should hire is somebody to answer your phone yeah because it just frees up your brain and makes you more productive gets that yes. one thing out of the way gives that person time to learn too right yep and yep. that person only has to answer the phone for one person. It's a pretty easy job. Answer mm -hmm. the phone, manage the schedule. Mm -hmm. They get really good at it. Then when you start bringing in more guys, you've already got somebody who's qualified to do it. Mm -hmm. And it's just something that you don't have to do anymore. And it's literally the cheapest like hat that you can take off, right? Yeah, sure. Like, I, I want you to like look at your business as in like there's all these different positions mm -hmm. and I'm going to start like you're wearing all the hats in the beginning. And you're going to start taking the hats off as you scale the ladder. 
that's the easiest hat to take off. It's mm -hmm. the easiest hire. It's the cheapest hire. So hurry up and do it. So instead, in this example, this guy's probably spent the last who knows how long still answering his phone, still worrying about the schedule. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he's wasted a bunch of his time that he could have been, you know, spent on other areas of his business that need work. Right. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. there's an example, right? Doing yeah. something out of order that ends mm -hmm. up costing you, didn't really cost him any money, but it cost him a lot of time. Yep. And that's almost more important than money at some yeah. point. Yeah. Right? Especially because, like, I think uh, my perception is that guys come to this realization like late, like, man, like I just had a conversation yesterday. I was like, I've been doing this by myself for 10 years. And oh, you're yeah. like, dude, that guy wants to get out as fast as he can. Yep. Because he's been doing it for 10 years and not really seeing a whole lot of fruits. He's not where you are in your position. Yep. And so for him, that's where somebody to come in and be like, dude, you can get there. And this is the way to do it. You yeah. just have to actually believe that this is the way and how to do it. Yep. What's probably the biggest thing keeping somebody from being successful in any coaching program? From being successful in any coaching program, probably just not doing the things that they're told to do. Mm -hmm. You know, unfortunately, you see it all the time. People mm -hmm. come into a coaching program and the coach is where you want to be. Right. And he knows. Uh, mm -hmm likely how to get there mm -hmm. and the steps that he took and he's likely coached other people and he's mm -hmm. has seen them take steps. And so he has this pretty good plan put together of how you can get there. And then for you to go in there and be like, ah, I don't think that's right. I'm going to do it this other way. Yeah. It's like stupid to me. Right. <laughs> and it's, I don't know that people do it intentionally. I think sure, they, yeah. Maybe they try what the coach said, but they missed a step or they right. missed something in it. So it doesn't quite work as well. And then they just abandon the whole idea rather than going back and saying, okay, what did I miss in this? Like, mm -hmm. how, or, you know, every market is slightly different. Every business is slightly different. So you do kind of have to adapt things right. to where right. you're at and what you're doing. Right. Right. So it's just a matter of being smart about it. Yeah. And but I, then, I would say the biggest thing that holds people back is just not doing what they, yeah. they're told mm -hmm. to do. Right. Mm -hmm. It's amazing how, like, how hard that step is with so many things is just doing the thing. Mm -hmm. Like, I think all of us, like, I know I can identify with this. And I'm sure everybody listening to this podcast can identify with that, where there's things that we know we should do. Yeah. We just don't do them. And, yeah. like, we know, like, I procrastination for me, like, I have a procrastination story. Um, this one is, everyone's going to be like, this is the stupidest story. This guy's an idiot. <laughs> cause I, cause I is very idiotic. So we get our milk from a person who, you know, brings it into town straight from the cow uh -huh. comes in these half gallon glass jars. Yep. So me, you know, I put them in the bag in the back of the truck. I'm rolling around. I hear a suspicious noise. Lo and behold, I've broken one of the jars. There's a half gallon of milk cascading through my truck up to uh -huh. the front down to the back under the floor mats and i go oh my gosh this sucks it's still winter time right still cold i drive home i uh i tell my wife and she's like don't worry about it i'll clean it up i can clean these things up really well because she's really good at stuff and i say you know what this is my fault i'm gonna take responsibility i'm gonna clean this <laughs> up and what i did is i took a vacuum jared and i vacuumed it up 
And I said, that's good enough. And I put everything back and we go on with our lives. Two uh-huh. weeks later, two weeks later, there seems to be a suspicious odor in my vehicle as if somebody may have just spilt milk and not cleaned it up properly. <laughs> and, Gross. and, uh, you know, we blamed our daughter for leaving a cup in there, all this kind of stuff. Uh, but in reality, it was just me not doing the proper thing and letting my wife clean it. And it's like less of a story of procrastination, but just more of like, I just didn't take advice. Like I didn't yeah. understand that like the right way to go in this is yeah. to just have somebody do it properly. Yeah. Where my, my wife, she would have been like, Oh yeah, I'll clean it up how it should be done. No problem. Yeah. But I just said, no, I got this. I can do this better. Yeah. Like, I can figure this out. Um, yep. And it didn't work out. My truck still stinks. I've <laughs> 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 ever told you about my should I hill. <laughs> no. So like growing a plumbing business, I think that you're going to have all these times where you're like, should I do this thing or should I buy another truck? Should I do more marketing or should I sign up with this marketing company or should Mm. I, should I, should I, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of people rather than doing it, will just live in this. Should I for a Mm. long time and they'll think about it and they'll mull over it. And in reality, if you just, said yeah if you find yourself asking yourself should i do this like should i chances are you should right right and if you think that you should if you're like asking yourself that question and chances are that you should then you should just do it and mm-hmm. jump over what i call the should i hill right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the top of the hill is doing it and on the other side is was this a good decision or a bad decision <laughs> sure. <laughs> right sure but at least sure. you like jumped over the hill and now you can figure it out mm-hmm. this is really good or this is terrible right i should probably stop doing this right or i right. should do something different right and then you gain that opportunity to learn how to make better decisions right mm, sure and a lot of people just live on the other side uh, should i should i should i should i sure should I? like when sure. i was growing my plumbing business it wasn't all super awesome and everything worked out and I made all the right decisions and everything was like, you know, I don't even know what to describe it to. It was like paradise, you know, it, yeah, was, not. Yeah, yeah. it was like, Oh crap. I screwed that up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I should, probably shouldn't do that again. Right. Mm-hmm. Or like mm-hmm. even in marketing, it's like, should I do radio? I tried radio. And then at the end of it, I was like, that was a bad decision. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to do that again. Right? Yeah. But I did all sorts of dumb stuff that I felt like, should I do? But I never sat there and, and mauled over it. It was just like, go, let's go. Sure. Let's go, yeah. Right? Let's just mm-hmm. make this decision, get it over with, and then find out if it was a good decision or not. Yeah. And then I guess learn from it and then realize that you're going to have a similar situation come up later. And yep. now you know more. Yeah. Yep. I mean, if, and if you're looking at a decision, like think about this, if you're asking yourself, should I, you likely don't have enough evidence to Mm -hmm. prove to you that you shouldn't. And so the only way you're going to get that evidence (laughs) is if you do the dang thing and make a decision and then go, okay, I got evidence now and it it's conclusive. That was a Mm -hmm. good idea or a bad idea. Right. Mm -hmm. Hmm. So, yeah, Hmm. I think, like you asked about the biggest mistakes people make mm-hmm. not listening and just not doing that's one. But then mm-hmm. the other one is like 
taking too long to make a decision. Right. Like way yeah. too long. Right. Mm -hmm. And so they never go anywhere. They just mm -hmm. get stuck. They'll, they'll mull over a decision for two months on whether or not they should do more marketing. And then turn, they miss out on a ton of call volume and then they can't hire another guy and yeah. all this stuff. And, and not even that, like think about you're putting all your attention in this, in this, should I make this decision? Mm -hmm. And even when you make a bad decision, at least you were able to take some of your attention and put it towards something that was going to build your business, right? Sure, yeah. So you can suck up all your attention in this in this world of not making decisions. Mm. And you just it's like a lose lose lose. Like you just mm -hmm. lose everywhere, right? Mm. Make make them quick. If you're saying should I just make it? Mm, Jump gotcha. Off. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Huh. Kind of sounds think, like uh, uh go ahead. I think, well, you go ahead. Well, I was going to bring up the idea of like listening to our guts in certain things oh, and how I've been learning that lesson lately. Yeah. That are, and it's weird because some people are really good at listening to their guts. Um, but it's, it's a weird thing to sort of like when you recognize that your gut has told you something and you didn't mm -hmm. listen and you come out the other end and you're like, Oh wow. I sort of knew that this would go this way. Yep. And then it's kind of weird to be like, I guess I'll just listen to my gut because everybody says it, right? Everybody's like, we'll just listen to your gut. And I go, yeah, right. But not really, right? I listen to what my brain no. says, right? Like I wouldn't yeah. listen. That sounds weird to me. But then you get proven enough time where you have an instinctual reaction to a decision, a choice, an idea, a person. And you're like, huh, I should listen to that and just go with that. Yeah. And then we'll just see what happens. Yeah. Probably like a month ago, I would have told you, Never listen to your gut. <laughs> always <laughs> listen to logic. Like always make logical decisions. Yeah. Yeah. But now like after the, I've had a lot of things in the last month where I was like, man, I got a gut feeling about this or, mm. or maybe I've had a gut feeling about it for a long time and mm -hmm. I never listened to it. And it just bit me in the butt. Yeah. I was like, man, if I would have just listened to my gut, like I could have been so much further ahead than where I am today because I wasted so much time. <sighs> yeah, dude. Because I didn't, because I instead went, man, my my gut's telling me this really strong, but I'm going to listen to logic here, right? Right, yeah. Or, well, and it's not even logic, right? It's like, I'm going to listen to the vision of the future that I perceive yeah. with no reason to perceive it. Yep. Because it's like, like when we like have these logical ideas. A lot of these things, it's like we're presented with a choice that will present, will give us a different future than what we have right now. And we say, okay, well, if I follow this choice and if they do that correctly and I do this and they do this and I do that, we'll arrive here. Yep. And the gut's like, what are you talking about? Like that doesn't make any sense. Like you just yep. made up a bunch of words and then said that it's logical because it follows a progression that you made up. Yeah. Like, why don't you just <laughs> yep. like, no, 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 don't do any of that. Cause I have a feeling that this is not right. Yes. And yeah, could have, yeah, listening to our gut, I think it's something that we underplay. And every time your gut's not going to be right all the time, right? Sometimes it's going to be no. wrong. Yeah. But that's when you learn, oh, okay, it didn't work out that way. Yes. What do we do from here? Yep. Hmm. Yeah. I'm definitely going to follow my gut a little more in the future. Yeah. I'm going to remind myself to follow my gut because it's the easiest thing to forget if it's not habit. Yes. Yep. Especially when I have a strong gut feeling. Yeah. That's when that's when I'm gonna go, okay, 
what's going on here? Why do yeah. I have this feeling? Yes. Yep. Like, and like in my mind, like strong is enough for me to pause when a decision would seem to be obvious. Like if somebody yep. presents me with like, this is a really good deal. Check it out. I think it's a great deal. And I go, huh, that right there is enough for me where I should be like, I need to think I need to like, actually, I gotta, I gotta wait. Um, <laughs> Because something isn't quite right here, and I uh-huh. don't know if I'm going to accept this idea yet. Yep. Um, You're probably. Um, I mean, remember when you bought that car? The sales guy was your best friend, and how much? How expensive was your car? <laughs> Let's see. Oh, are you talking about my black, uh, uh, whatever I had Chevrolet thing? I don't even know what it was. I just remember yeah. you were you like walked out with a new car. Yeah, here's the funny thing about here's the funny thing about that, Jared. Friend. Well, there was no gut feeling in that at all. There was no logic. That was just me being very naive. And really, like what I desired in that state was a new car. Didn't matter what it costed. I just right. didn't want the car that I had. Right. And for no logical reason, it was the car was fine. It really was. I just wanted something different. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up paying like 15,000 over market value for the car because I had to recoup the loan on the other one. Mm-hmm. And I walked out like, cool, $26,000 valued car. And I'm paying 41,000 on the note. Like, cool. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> and like, it was just like, it was just a uh, really, it, it taught me a lesson though. Cause after that, like, and the moment I realized that I made a mistake is when I was signing mm-hmm. at the final moment when he's like, all right, that's going to be 40,000. I was like, $40,000. But you, but you signed anyways. Yeah, well, I'm already signing as I'm thinking. this. like, that doesn't sound right. Boop. Thank yep. you. Have a good day. So, I mean, I learned a lot that day. Yeah. Um, just to be more careful. <laughs> well, you sh- like in that instance, you should use logic, right? Or what makes the most sense. Yes. And instead th- of what my emotions are try- dictating me to do. Right. I think a lot of people do that in business as well. You know, mm. they're like, but I want this. But does that make sense? Yeah. Like, and is, is that, that what's actually going to work? And usually those wants are shortcut wants. Like me wanting a new car by mm-hmm. going that way actually shortcutted a lot of other parts of my life just because it restricted me financially. Yeah. Forever. You yep. know, because the car, I could never sell it for anything close. So I was always going to be 15 grand in the hole with that vehicle. Right. Um, more so because the interest and whatnot. Um, yeah. But there's no, such a strong emotional pull. Yeah. Yeah. I get caught up in like, I like things to look good. Mm-hmm. And so I get caught up in like, I remember growing my plumbing business. I wanted all the same van, exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Right. But then I couldn't get them anymore. And I was like, Oh, I'm going to have, like, I'm going to have to wait a year for another van. Yeah. Yeah. And I was so stuck like that. I wanted them all to look the same for no reason. It didn't do any good. It was just something I wanted, right? That mm. I waited like three or four months to go finally find another van. Mm. And I ended up buying a Ford and then a Dodge. And then I think now we got some box vans instead of the same Mercedes van, right? Right, right. And and now I could care less because I don't have to look at it, right? And yeah. at the end of the day, the van's a van and the person in it goes out and bills out and they make me money. So mm-hmm. who cares what kind of van you're in? Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, 
to an extent like you want it to be nice looking of course i want it to be as big as possible so you can get it stickered and it looks cool mm -hmm. but yeah i think people like they'll get caught up and they want things to look nice or they want a certain kind of style right for their mm -hmm. company like maybe they want a dude style like a cool style to them mm, but then yeah the day it's like yeah well who are you who are you designing your van for yeah like your van wrap and your logo should be designed for your customer your mm -hmm. customer should be the one that likes it not you right yep and that's sort of appreciating the tool for what its purpose is like yeah um, i see that in social media where like businesses you know plumbing business owners would be like their social media is very important to them because it's tied to their personal identity right and they're like man it's got to look this way and i want the post to be all like this and from my standpoint i'm like listen people aren't coming to your page because you're a plumbing company and chances are they're not really going to be visiting your page. Right. If they're seeing your creative in their ads, that's good. But they're probably not going to just be like, oh, I'm just going to come to this page every day and like check out the flow, make sure uh -huh. everything is good and cohesive. <laughs> no. and like, like you're doing that because it's your baby. And I get that. Yeah. But honestly, the consumer isn't, doesn't care about it like you do. Nope. Just like your plumbing techs don't care about it like you do. Nope. And we can just get in our head like, no, it's got to be like this. It's got to be like this. And if it's not like this, my culture's going to not vibe. Yeah. And like your guys show up and they're like, what culture? What are you talking about, dude? I'm just trying to go to work. Yeah. Like, I don't, what do you <laughs> yep. want? You're getting all weird on me. Yeah. And it's funny because like when you remove yourself from it, like when you're in my situation, I'm 4,000 mm. miles away. I care about the business functioning, but I don't mm -hmm. care about all those other little things anymore. Mm. It's more about function like mm -hmm. getting this thing to make me money. Mm -hmm. So if developing my culture in a certain way is going to allow me to main, you know, keep technicians and get more technicians and have them make me more money. Great. <laughs> but if it just makes me feel good or whatnot, I don't care anymore. Right. Just like, I don't care what kind of vans we have. Right. I could care less. Is this van going to make me money? Cool. <laughs> let's, let's buy it, put it on the road. Yeah, cool. Sounds good. Sounds like it's a van yeah. we need. Facebook, what's on there? I could care less. Does it get views? Do people look at it? Do people react with it? Do they see my logo? Good, right? <laughs> cool. Yeah. So I think when you're in it, it's easy to be like in it and care about a lot of things that mm -hmm. that likely don't matter. Yep. And yeah. like they, they or matter, they, they matter to you. Right. And that's right. fine that they matter to you, but we still have to appreciate what it does. It's function as a tool within the business yeah. model. Yep. Like it's sort of like, let's see, I wonder if I can make this analogy, if I can get there. Um, it's kind of like my, my personal Facebook page. It matters to me because it could be an expression of myself, mm -hmm. but if it just goes away and I don't look at it, it doesn't really matter. Right. Like I, I'm didn't really change how my life runs right um there's something in there so it's just like it's very easy for us as humans to overvalue things like for me i overvalued yeah. having a new car over the financial position it would put me in right and so i went with that instead of like no no no, no. don't be an idiot like yeah it's okay let's yep. just keep going you know and then like two months later when your kids threw french fries all over the back seat you're like <laughs> what did i need a new car for yeah exactly because yeah it, it just didn't really pencil in that way either yep 
Hmm. Yep. Same. It's the same thing with business, right? And the like, what I would say to the people who really care about stuff, who are like, no, I want this this way. I want this to look this way. I got to have all Milwaukee drain cleaning tools so they all match. Um, I would say like someday you're not going to care about that. <laughs> Hopefully sooner than later. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I would, yeah. E- I would even say like, if your plumbing business, if your passion is something that isn't plumbing mm-hmm. and you want your plumbing business to be the catalyst for that passion, mm-hmm. then you can put all your personality and identity into that over there, but just mm-hmm. let your plumbing business run as efficiently so it can actually cash flow that dream. Like if yep. your dream is to build wells in Africa, yeah, you could position your plumbing as like, we love wells in Africa and that's part of what we do. But at the end of the day, you just need to make money as a plumbing business enough so that you can actually invest in building wells in Africa in its own right. entity. Yep. So like everything sort of can exist in its own way really well. And yep. if it doesn't totally hit every little pain point that you want to fix in the world, that's okay because it's not its purpose. Plumbing business yeah. is to come to my house and fix my toilet. Yep. That's, that's what I want it for. And for the owner, the purpose is to make you money. That's it. It's the only purpose of it. Yeah. If you've got another purpose for it, then you don't really have a business. You have a hobby. And I don't know. (laughs) If it doesn't make you money, like if it doesn't make you money, you just have a a crappy Mm. job, I think. Yeah. If I guess if it doesn't make you money, you probably just have a problem. You do. You have a lot of risk for something to not make you money. I mean, you think about the expense of running a plumbing business, the and just the risk of it. If something happens and you're not, you have zero margin. You're making zero mm-hmm. money, or you're making very little margin, very little money. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of risk. A lot of things can happen, especially if you've got multiple guys, multiple vans, expensive tools. You know, you're responsible for payroll, paying people well, right. taking care of your customers. That's a lot of risk to not have something make you money at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So it'd be kind of silly to treat it like, you know, something that's not intended to make you money because it's yeah. it's a business and that's what it is. Yeah. And, and this goes back to conversations that we've had multiple times, which we could just talk on forever. Mm-hmm. But everybody has to get out of their mind that making money, because people, we like to think for whatever reason that, oh, I'm not in it for the money. I'm in it for the for the good of doing what I'm doing. And it's like, dude, you can be in it for the money and for the for the other thing. Mm-hmm. But don't don't lie to yourself and say that you're not in it for the money, because mm-hmm. if you weren't making any money, you probably wouldn't be doing it. No. Like if that owner knew, of, like if you were like, oh, Joel, I'm going to start a plumbing business. I'm never going to take a paycheck and it's never going to be an effective source of income for me, but I just, I'm going to do it. I don't, I don't think you would do that. Nope. No way. Yeah. Cause so at the end of the day, I like know. it is about making money, but it can still be a really good thing. Things that make money aren't inherently bad as much as some people like to think that way. No, f- things that make money are great. Cause like, then you can take good care of your employees. You can take good care of your customers. You can take care of, of your family, you can now provide opportunity for other people. You can now go donate to the things that you really care about. You can go fund other projects that you want to do, you know, other businesses that maybe you're actually really passionate about that don't make money. You could go fund one of those now. And it doesn't matter that it doesn't make money because you're making a ton of money over here. 
Um, so businesses that make money are, I mean, it's what makes the world go round, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. If if none of the businesses made money and none of them could keep going and hire their employees and pay them well and take care of them and offer good products, we'd be in a terrible spot in the world. It's true. We wouldn't be where yeah. we were right now. No, uh-uh. not at all. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I don't remember how this conversation started, but I felt like it was a good one. I liked it. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> Jared, thanks, man. Appreciate you as always. See you next all time. Right. See you, boss.